Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hello, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. Huh. Richard Ramirez. Yeah, we're like balls deep in that. Yeah. <laughs> I beg your pardon. What? It's intense. He's intense. Mm-hmm. He is. And it makes it that much more important to watch f- horror movies. I don't know. I get I get upset sometimes when people like Richard Ramirez or others are of course drawn to horror movies and of course wore an acdc hat which was my favorite band in the 80s <laughs> you and richard you know? are so alike like <laughs> you know it's always so annoying for those of us who don't happen to be psychopathic rapists and killers who like the same things yeah like when you said his his outfit is you know all black with an acdc cap i'm like that could have been my outfit in the 80s well it's like when people say you know the violent video games call cause people to be violent right, it's no. like there are a lot of people who play violent video games yep, and they're it, not i violent. did i did as well i still like the zombie ones it's that it's that cause and effect thing we try yeah. to get away from that That's right. doesn't really exist um trivia trivia yes so let's go back to last week's question, which mm-hmm. was um, in the My Bloody Valentine post. Yeah. Which director deems My Bloody Valentine is his or her favorite slasher movie? Shannon, you said you knew the answer. Why don't you give it? Quentin Tarantino. That is correct. Boom. Yeah. Makes <laughs> sense to me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So this week's question is going to be... Um, on the terror talk uh, sign or our little, uh, what do you call it? Emblem? Logo. Logo. Thank you. Mm-hmm. August 28th is where it's posted on Instagram. The question is the three, three Star Trek actors all appeared in episodes of this terrifying TV series. Okay. So, if you want to name the actors, that would be cool, but I'm really looking more for which three, no, sorry, which three, three uh, Star Trek actors all appeared on which terrifying okay. TV series. Um, they all just happened to be on an episode of it. Oh, on one episode. Uh, on different episodes, oh, okay. but they were all, I think one of them was actually on two episodes. Okay. And then the other two did one episode of mm-hmm. this series. So what is this series that we're talking gotcha, about? Gotcha, gotcha. That's the question. I have no idea. I'll tell you next week. Sweet. Okay. Tell me now. No. <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to mention that recently I attended a Sabrina the Teenage Witch reunion party. Because you used to work on the show. I used to work on the show. I was a post-production coordinator, then a post-production supervisor, you know, when I, whatever, they give you a new title at some point. And, um... 2020, they did a little, um, Melissa and her mom, Paula, threw a little, a very small, you know, 100-person soiree cast and crew um, at a restaurant 
uh, here in the Valley of Los Angeles. And it was really interesting because we wrapped that show 17 years ago mm. and I was on it all seven seasons. So I guess whatever that is, 23 years ago when I started on that show, I was a youngin. It was the nineties. Yeah. 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 Nineties forever. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's one, it's one of those hashtags that people use anyway. Um, do they, do they use those? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Those people. With the hashtags. <laughs> you mean like you and me? <laughs> yeah, all our hashtags. Yeah, all the hashtags. Yeah. Anyway, it was um it was pretty strange. There was a couple of times during the night where I kind of looked around and you know, there's more gray hair, basically. That's the only difference, but some people look exactly the same. Yeah. And, um What is LA? Right. And then you're a lot of men, so mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just more gray hair. But um just sitting and talking with people that you've spent a ton of time with for seven long years yeah. and, and being able to just sit and talk and, and it's the same. Like you mean like time kind of stood still? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about different things and catching each other up on what's been going on over the last two decades, but, but it's the dynamics are the same. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting. Cause I spent so much time with my post-production people on that show. Like, having lunch every day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So standing there talking to them and then watching the dynamics between us all and just sort of like, oh my God, it's the yeah. same. It was such a weird flashback. Yeah. It was it was like slipping on an old shoe. Well, I mean, you theater, know, an old shoe you like. Theater and television, if you've done that kind of work, you do develop a family. Mm -hmm. And so it can be really, um, I don't know, it can feel really nice to revisit that memory and that mm -hmm. time and that connection with those people. Well, it's like the microcosm of our department, which is isolating in, a, in and of itself. I spent a lot of time on, you know, dark sound stages and dark color correction booths and editing, you know, facilities and things like that. So it's isolating. So I had a bond with the people in post-production that I worked with, but then obviously would go to set uh, regularly and then there would be rap parties and Christmas parties and all of that. And so this was a party. So it just brought me back to those times when everyone was together and I don't know, and just watching everybody. I'm a bit of a watcher anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, people watching so much fun. Yeah. That's who I am at a party anyway. I'm yeah. kind of introverted. Do you remember when we went to um, what's his name from game of Thrones? We went to his party. Oh Your yeah, friend. yeah, yeah. My friend Steve Callback, yeah. And uh, you and I sat out. They had this beautiful pool in the backyard, yeah. and you and I sat out by the bar and just watched. People. Oh my god, it's just the funnest. It's, to me, it's the funnest especially part. Especially industry people. Oh my gosh, it's, it's comical. The amount of commentary you and I had that evening about people was pretty. It incredible. was like what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun party, though. I mean, maybe that was the maybe that was the impetus for this. Yeah, our commentary about exactly. things. But yeah, no, that's one of my favorite things is to to attend those kinds of events and, and see the people that I really care about and talk to them in an intimate conversation, mm -hmm. you know, three or four people, but I'm not much of a, a flit arounder, you know, like I don't like You're kind of stationary around a party. People come to you. Yeah. Unless I'm hosting. <laughs> they just get you a throne. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shannon will see you now. No, they just ignore me yeah. on my throne. <laughs> I just sit in a chair and everyone ignores me and I watch them. <laughs> no. Um, but I like to connect with the people that I care about and then, watch everybody else and yeah um that is entertaining to me and fascinating and people think oh you know are you bored what are you doing i'm like no no i'm i'm good this is awesome yeah um how fun yeah so it was fun to see those people and um 
connect uh, about something that was a, a really fun time um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of mental health. Yeah. <laughs> You had something you wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you always bring in the fun topics, right? Yeah. I always I always take right it. from the party. Yeah, we, we always we're always way up here and then it's Rolling like, the party, Kathy. Kathy's what do we call it? The newspaper? Kathy reads the paper. Kathy reads how okay, can I tell you this though before we get into this? Please. It's the second time in three weeks I've had to call LA Times up and yell at them. Oh my god, she Because my Sunday Times. paper should not be coming at nine AM. Oh yeah, too late for you. Come on. Six. Between it, it I told right? them as long as it's there by eight, that's how much I have now negotiated. I want it there by seven. Of course you do. Right? So I told them <laughs> two strikes, man. She's like, well, we'll fix this for you. I said, I, well, you haven't fixed it yet. And the only way you're going to fix it if, is if you light a torch up Under this guy's this ass. Person this is. Cause it's yeah. not LA times. It's no, your it's delivery guy who keeps getting later each week. Well, and you has- know how I feel about my Sunday paper. Here she goes. And if I'm getting it at nine, my day's already begun and I have to have it with me. And then she has the balls to say to me, ma'am, you know that you get an electronic copy of that. On, now, you know, oh, you know me. No, that was the wrong. That thing was the wrong to say. thing to say. And I, I lost it a little bit. Oh, and I was just shit. like, I don't want to read my paper on a screen. It's why I order it. It's why I spend more money. It's right. more expensive to order the actual paper because of the trees and such. It was a stressful Sunday morning. This sounds, well, what I'm thinking is that the delivery boy is having, or man. The man. Is having a Saturday night. I had given up. That he can't quit. Yeah, because I'd given up, took the dogs out in the backyard, and then I hear him pull up in his dumb truck, and I hear, I literally set out, oh, there's the paper. Thanks, asshole. It's like 930 on a Sunday. You know, if this was Black Friday, which I don't attend. I actually hate Black Friday, but I'm making a point. Okay. You would have missed all the sales because the paper, <laughs> the sales were done by the time I got the paper. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. Just, we're taking a breath. I just had to get that up. You need a glass of ice water. I just don't want my paper. Okay. I know. I mean, you go to the trouble to order an actual manual paper, which I just, is a, I said to the lady, I said, listen, days. I have a CVS about a half a mile from my house. <laughs> oh no! If I don't get this paper before 8 a.m. next Sunday, I'm not giving you one more chance to fix the problem. Oh. You're going to cancel. You're going to reimburse me for my new membership, whatever. And then I'm going to just go run my ass down subscription. Thank you. I'm going to run my ass down to CVS and get it myself because I don't want to be waiting on it. So, yeah. And then I said, not yelling at you. Oh, I apologize. Psychologist kicked in. I just am getting real frustrated with having to wait for this. And then she called you ma'am again, right? She said, I understand, ma'am. Yeah. yeah, Something (laughs) like that. Yeah. To which would tick me off again. Just just stop it and fix it. (laughs) Yeah. She, she can't fix it. It's totally going to be late again. It's going to be late. It's totally going to be late. I'm giving them a two minute window. If by eight Oh two, two, two whole minutes, guys, it's not there. That is hilarious. They're going if you've to ever give worked me a my customer money service back. job. Are you having like flashbacks of having someone like Kathy call up? And, and I've worked you? customer service, so have I. but I was real nice the first time. Now it's the second time, no, and next Sunday it's going to be the third time. They're supposed to call and check on me. They are. Yeah, they're going to probably call me at like eight thirty, and I'll be like, I don't know. I still don't have my goddamn paper. <laughs> okay. 
enough about that. Okay. I want to I want to talk about this with you because this is just yes, all over. I'm afraid now. <laughs> all over the I'm news. I'm afraid now, Dr. Barrett. Yeah. I'm going to break you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a salute. Yeah. So this whole coronavirus thing, mm-hmm. but more specifically. How- I do not have that, by the way. I know that I sound well, sick. If, but- you, if you had it, I now have it. Oh, yeah. So, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, the reason why I bring this up is how much the fear of outbreaks and pandemics affect people's mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, just going to read a, a real short paragraph from an article out of the Psychiatric Times. Regardless of exposure, the stress of media news and fear of injury or death can contribute to a mental breakdown, whether mood-related or psychotic. This is not, however, a well-studied area. Small studies from the Ebola outbreak in Sierra Leone and from the H1N1 outbreak in 2009 indicated an increase in depression, anxiety, and somatoform presentations. So I just wanted to like draw attention to um, the, the delicate balance we have to have of informing people and then the fear-mongering that can play a part in um, people, you know, really deteriorating. I, I just went to get my immunizations for Africa and uh, was talking to the nurse about, you know, asking her, are people freaking out? I, I don't really freak out about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm mindful of it and I'm, I'm, I'm cautious, sure. but I was like, you know, are people, because uh, I said, you know, should I wear a, a mask in the airport? And she's like, yeah, I mean, it's probably a smart idea, but like, you know, you're going through Amsterdam and then to Kilimanjaro. So you're not really routing through anything that would hit that. But she goes, you might want to just for a lot of stuff for the flu, all that. But I was asking her what she was thinking about it. And she goes, you know, the longer you, cause she worked at passport health. So she's around the stuff all the time, all the information basically saying like the longer she's around it to her, it's just, it's, it's sort of part of life, but the amount of media and how this really affects people thinking they're going to get something that really, if you look at the research so far, the people who have died from it are really people with compromised immune systems or very young or very old or have just had like a mass exposure to it. Yes. Um, But how this can really affect societally, collectively, a contagion effect, no pun intended, of of mental decompensation because people become so fearful. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was important to talk about because now there's a lot of information about how they're trying to stop it before it mutates and has 50 different strands. And so everyone's just freaking out. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I got a, when I started to get a little bit sick while I was at Sundance, like near the end, you know, the last couple of days or what have you, I, I definitely thought, huh, I've been at an international festival Yep. and now I'm, you know, got a little cough and all that. And of course, it, I went through my mind. I mean, I think any responsible person's mind is yeah, like, okay, course, I got to think about this. But then I immediately started reading about it and realized, like, it wasn't the same thing. And, yep. the, and I have, I am prone to bronchitis. Mm-hmm. I've had it many times. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what was going on in my body. It was one of those moments where... I think we do this a lot with our clients where you start to have a fear thing start to happen in like your higher brain. Mm -hmm. And then you have to check in with your lower brain and ground yourself, give yourself some deep breaths, look at facts, factual evidence, and then say, okay, that is not, you know, and kind of reconnoiter your head around it. I mean, for me, that process was 10 minutes. Right. But for a lot of people, 
I mean that you know the the fear over well, and the weeks somatization and weeks. of it too, mm-hmm. right? Where then people will start to think they have a fever or they can't breathe or all these things that coincide. Or if they have mm-hmm. a type of of cold or flu, that they automatically assume it's that, and then they do the reading, and then and and they were saying in this article how it it contributes to um, people this this pandemic, this fear. Mm-hmm people relapsing on substance, yeah. people staying inside and becoming very isolative. Like it's really because I mean, I get why people freak out, you know, it's scary, but you have to get the right information. Well, and things, I mean, those kinds of reactions are also, I mean, from a psychological standpoint, in my opinion, those kinds of things are things that match a narrative that people are wanting to play out. So if my narrative is that um, I, I, I'm a drug user and I'm, I've been sober for X, Y, Z, but my narrative is that I would like to go back to using substances. Right. Then that fits a narrative and there's my reason, you know, and and here's my reason. Or Mm -hmm. if my narrative is the world is a terrible place and um, politically we're going to hell and, you know, we're all going to die and the world is ending. And that's my narrative inside of my core. Um, and I'm just trying to stay afloat. Like the cynicism. Yeah. Then, Oh, fire. Oh, coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Um, the world's ending a political, um, difficulty or the, know. or the controversy. I mean, yes. the, 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 the I'm, I'm sorry, the, uh, conspiracy around is this really just population control in China oh and are, did the government create the, sure. I, to me, I look at it and go, it's actually the universe's natural selection of unfortunately cleaning house. I don't mean to sound like, uh, I'm not trying to sound insensitive. I'm just from a scientific point of view. Sometimes, the universe does that as a way. I mean, there are billions of people in China. Mm-hmm. And when you're living in those conditions and you're living on top of each other, eventually something like this is going to mutate Absolutely. and grow. So the whole thing is, it's devastating for, for the people there. And, and it has crossed over four continents and I get why people are, but I, I try to look at, and go, thank God we're not there because those people are actually really suffering and they don't have what we have here. We have masks, we have doctors, we're not running out of things. Those people, it's it's desperate over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I got back, I um, went to work for a day and then realized it wasn't getting any better. And I went to the doctor and of course they were like, have you internationally traveled? You know, this kind of thing. They ask you that anyway, though, they even do, without the coronavirus. She was specifically yeah. asking yeah. me, I could tell, and asked me a couple more questions about like took fever, this kind of thing. And I don't have any of those symptoms. So anyway, put me on antibiotics, et cetera, off to the races. But it was, um, you know, I, I have the ability to avail myself of that kind of health care, right. which, um, gives me a certain amount of privilege right. to a lot of people don't have that to do that. And so I understand that I can go and, and take care of that. I mean, that being said, the next day my manager at work had a mask on all day long because <laughs> she'd gotten a dry cough, yeah. which she attributed to my sickness, which is fine, possible, yeah. absolutely possible. Um, and then wore a, wore a mask all day long. It's so very dramatic, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to keep from being sick. And, 
And also sort of saying, like, trying to not make anybody else sick if she was sick, which, of course, I was like, oh, I'm, Are you, I'm not that kind, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I wanted exactly. to get everyone sick. Exactly. Like, well, if you would have done what I did, Shannon, nobody would be sick. Passive aggressive bitch. <laughs> I adore her. So no, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I mean. So anyway, I just thought it was, it's all over the place right now. For sure. Uh, the discussion of it, not the virus. Um, but I, I just thought it was topical. So Yeah, for sure. I wanted to mention um, that I started watching The Pharmacist on Netflix. Have you seen this came out? I saw the preview <coughs> for it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, one of the many... I try to bring them up and I try to watch them. One of the many Netflix miniseries, true crime type of thing. Um, I have not watched the whole thing yet. I got through, I think, two episodes of it. It's this um, uh, man whose son was murdered in New Orleans and he kind of launches a, well, he doesn't kind of launch. He launches a relentless and sort of lonely search for the killer. Uh and then there's a kind of a Hail Mary lead that happens. And the first episode was really good. When I got into the second episode, it was very different, as a lot of these are now. Like each little, you know, there'll be five parts and there's a formula I'm seeing. And the first one is, you know, the emotional story. And then the second one gets more into, um, because it's uh, drug addiction related, mm -hmm. this kid's murder. And so the second one gets more into drugs and oxycodone and okay. how that got out of control with pharmacies and pharmacists and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I haven't finished it yet, but so far so good. Um, I'm drowning a little bit in the, in the drug pharmacy information. Cause I just already know a lot about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll see once I get to okay. episode three. And then I also wanted to mention another movie from Sundance, which was one of the horror movies. Ooh. Um, called uh, Amulet. And I, I was saying that Relic last week was probably my favorite horror movie I saw there, and Amulet's probably the second. Okay. Um, like 80% of this movie was really fascinating to me because there was a lot of character buildup. The acting is really, these two main actors were really exceptional. I found them very interested in, interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and creepy etc and then you know there's this point in the plot where the last 20 minutes or whatever the the crescendo and everything takes this what i would say like a sundance skew you know like it gets it gets original and mm -hmm. different and interesting and i still liked it um i still enjoyed it very much i just uh i i would say it's it's again in a house it's creepy these there's flashbacks to when the main actor was um working a border patrol by mm -hmm. himself and 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 you're not quite sure how everything fits together but it's it's a really interesting um yeah i just i i personally for me it was these these performances that i found so intriguing this main male character and then this main female character and sort of trying to figure out what's going on with the, the old woman in the, in the attic. Mm -hmm. There's another like old woman trope in this one okay. too. Um, there've been a lot of those lately. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mind that. Uh, 
but because this main this main male character has he's a former soldier he's got ptsd so there's all these symptoms mm-hmm. of ptsd going on and there's flashbacks and so as a, as a psychology person that was very interesting and then he moves into this house where he's supposed to help this woman and her, and the ancient mom or whatever that lives in the attic and mm-hmm. then it gets then it gets real fucking creepy <laughs> so okay. anyway it was good too again don't know yeah. don't know where it will go and what will happen but okay most of these movies get picked up by at least the streaming services yeah. so this one's called amulet um and i enjoyed it it was probably like my number two of, okay. the, of the horror movies i saw so cool yeah what else I haven't watched much. No. I've just been so busy. I mean, like I, I think I said last week, it's just been a lot of TV and... Um, tuning out television type Tuning of thing. out television, yeah. Not not like a lot of heavy or... The only thing I would uh, mention that I did recently that I haven't done in a million years was I found myself um, in like a Best Buy. Oh, how funny. And I... And I went to the movie section mm-hmm. and I had this yen to buy Blu-rays with amazing commentaries mm. on them. And so there was all these, you know, I get into a little bit of a buying frenzy, but there was all these things I picked up that I wanted to buy. But if it didn't have like a kick-ass Blu-ray, uh, like a um, commentary type of track. So I bought and have not watched yet because we actually had to buy a Blu-ray player. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would accommodate 4k yeah um because we have stuff that won't but yeah. these were you know whatever so uh alien with mm-hmm. ridley scott oh yeah that'll be good the commentary and alien covenant with ridley scott and then um i think fight club has like brad pitt and okay everybody on there so i just i bought a bunch of them so yeah well that so that started it's <laughs> <laughs> your new obsession yeah i mean I used to have a bit of a problem with like movies and books and things like that. Yeah, I did too. But I've really curbed it. So well, I'm now not... so much of it can be kept on. Yeah, the most the apps. of mo- like ninety five percent of my stuff is digital. And I just bought this like handful of Blu rays. So we'll see where that goes. The only thing that I, the two things that I keep. Wow, I just hit that really hard. Wouldn't be a show without you hitting your mic. I know. Thank you. At least once. Thank you. The two things that I still collect. Yeah. Um, other than the LA Times, <laughs> would be my <laughs> records and um, photos. I still print them out and put them in albums. Nice. Yeah. I have a lot of photos. I have a lot of records. So, yeah. Yeah. But DVDs just take up a lot of space. They do. They do. I mean, I get screeners every year, so I have the screeners. Yeah. Um, Those, uh, thankfully, don't come in like the clamshell, though. They come not in. Not usually. Just, yeah. Sometimes they do, but yeah. not usually. Yeah. It's a thing. <sighs> it's a thing. It is a thing. All right. Is that it? That's it. Is that all you got? got yeah. Nothing else. Well, I guess we could say, since we're recording this in advance, yes. that we're about to go to an Oscar watch party. Oh, yeah. So when you guys are hearing this on February 21st, <laughs> this will be a couple of weeks old news. But she and I, right now, as we are recording, are just about to go to an Oscar party. So towards the end of february we will talk about our experience actually probably be more the beginning of march you'll hear it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's okay it is okay it is okay yeah it's gonna be fun we're gonna go right now so we're gonna hurry up so we gotta go guys thank you so much for listening this is shrink chat my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone mm-hmm.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow. Thank you.